Well, welcome everyone to the Guardians of the Flame podcast. It's a real uh, honor in Ross Trevor here, right on uh, the south of the County Down, to welcome Liam O'Moinley um, up the road uh, in these times where I think all of us need a bit of humanity and we need a bit of warmth. And, uh, and Liam's music is well known to people, of course, here in Ireland, but also around the world. And um, over the course of this interview, we just want to kind of, I th- we have scripted a few thoughts and questions, but I guess we just want to get to a little bit of your heart, Liam, and um, uh, create a space for us to really discuss, to talk and, um, yeah, hear what's uh, kind of reverberating and resonating through your spirit these days. So you're very welcome to Rostreva. Thanks for coming up and being with us. Thank you. Yeah. For those uh, who who don't know, uh, with the audience of well, I mean, the music of Hot House Flowers has gone around the world. Um, when I was a seventeen-year-old, I remember driving. I lived in Belfast, but I drove down this road, and a friend of mine put this um, probably a tape in the tape deck, and it was Songs from the Rain, uh, which was, I guess, your third album, third, fourth album. Yeah. And uh, and it subsequently became my favorite album of those years, probably 93 to 97. I probably listened to that cassette uh, over a hundred times, I think. Um, and uh, I, if you're watching this, I recommend you go straight away to <laughs> Spotify and you look that up. Um, uh, but Liam, uh, yesterday we were up in Derry uh, interviewing Richard Moore, who was blinded by a plastic bullet when he was a kid. Um, and at the end of his interview, he said this, he said, uh, these are days where we need an education of the heart. And it just seems like when I think of your music, if I stick hothouse flowers in or if I go to find Liam O'Moinley, it's I'm going to find something that's going to connect with the heart. Where does that come from in you? Like what? Well, first of all, that's an amazing thing to hear as a as a as an artist, as somebody who. Uh, who who puts music out there to hear that that's that's how you respond to it. Um, music for me has been start has has always started with me um, for me. And I think if I always remember if that I'm making the music for me first. It's for me, it's and it's me beyond Liam beyond it's for the bones and the soul of the person of the thing that that's has no name even you know the, maybe um and it's a soothing thing it was music was uh, i used to go to the piano <clears throat> we had a my, we had my grandfather's piano in my house growing up and thankfully it wasn't it was never locked or closed even it was always open so that could have been that could have gone either way, you know, that could have been closed, that piano. It could have been kind of like, no, don't, you're not allowed to touch that now because that's your granddad's, you know, but it wasn't. And my mother played it. My father used to attempt to play it. And um, I will always remember as a little boy, you know, when you think your dad is Superman, um, kind of talking to my mother about music and the piano and saying, Oh, and of course, dad's better than you, isn't he? And my mother laughing and going, no, darling, (laughs) no. 
And that was a great education mm. for me right there. And then, you know, I suddenly looked much more intently at how she played and how he played. And I went, oh, OK, she's doing more with her left hand or, you know, there's, oh, there's a whole, because she had Chopin, she had Beethoven, she had all that stuff under her belt. Dad was just try, trying things out. And I learned from both of them. Um, dad, you know, dad just had a go, dad, but he was a beautiful singer. And uh, he gave me songs across the table and uh, I didn't know there were songs at the time. It was just something he and I did. And um, as, as I was learning to speak. But uh, in my teenage years, you know, the rough years of of raw, that raw feeling of life. And when not, things are, I wasn't a great student in school, so that that weighed heavily at home, actually. My dad was, was took to school no problem. So um, he, that, was, that was a tough dynamic at home. So music was a place where I'd disappear. Mm. I'd go into the piano and I'd just play and uh, I'd disappear mm. um, into, God knows where. And <clears throat> I saw um, one night, I remember, I saw Keith Jarrett playing on the television. Mm. And with him, he'd go into a grand piano in a room and he'd play something that he never played before in his life. And that was his concert. Mm. And that would be an album. All his concerts were unique imprints of that night on the piano. and. And he made noises while he played and all of that kind of thing. And I'd, I'd seen his name in, um, on a, in a record shop window and kind of just this black and white photo of a man on the piano. And then like sort of two years later, I'm, I'm sitting at home and he's on TV. And after being hypnotized by this man's music, which had resonances of all kinds of world music, including Irish music, an Indian, like, uh, you know, like the Raga, like he, he touched upon that, mm. that world. I just disappeared into the room where the piano was in our house with the lights out for about three hours. I disappeared and, uh, and I, I'd continue to go visit that place mm. where you just, rather than being in a hurry to play the next note, you'd let the note linger to hear how much that note might be telling you something, you know, might be inviting you to the next. You know, and I, I would get into the whole, I mean, like a mantra or, or just a hypnotic, uh, hyp hypnotic self, like, you know, hypno hypnotizing myself into a, into a state of bliss. Just kind of let the resonance. There's so much there in that, in that, and so you know when you're alone, you're not you're not attempting to play anything in particular. You're just uh, you're just with yourself, your bones, your your pulse. This thing, this this uh, hundred year old instrument, wooden frame, iron. 
felt and vibration you know these 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 notes are vibrating and and even you know what you're hearing outside and you know you might be really bitterly hurt from something somebody said to you that day and you can come in and just kind of lose it lose it literally into the instrument and so that that I, I think ultimately that's music was my medicine and um, so and then then the whole beauty of kind of make of doing this kind of thing with other people so you get that further thing going on. And, and the hands, you know, the hands often know where to go much quicker than the mind knows where to go. And you can be actually somewhere else in your head while your hands are, are working away. Um, much like driving a car or any kind of, you know, work. It's, it, 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 there's, there's not as much mystery in it as as you might think um, you know but uh, there's plenty there's so much so that was it and, and and rock and roll then of course and you know you you're a you're a boy you're a you're you're you want to you want to and I was desperately shy person then as well so I I, I needed some way of going I'm cool, or I'm I'm worthy, or I'm I'm attractive. Um, you know, some something to to put myself out there to shake my feathers or something. And uh, again, this was something that I suppose looking for attention. It drew attention to myself. It drew attention to something that I that that might not be knocked down in criticism. You can't do that. You're no good at doing that. You know, you're, you've got that wrong. That math, you've got that wrong. This was something I go, well, I got this right, mm -hmm. you know, and um, all kinds of complex things. I mean, they say a lot of lead singers from bands are deeply wounded people that they're mm -hmm. they're crying out. They're crying for their mom or they're crying for their dad or they're crying for something. And I, I, I can see the I can see the truth in that. And, yeah, you know, it's um. I was talking to you before uh, about, you know, you've got an album called Home. Like many musicians are, there is that kind of creative people are searching for, and that search almost is what sometimes drives creativity, maybe. Yeah. And um, and yet uh, also feel like there's that search, but also there's the warmth of finding beauty, which you find in music. And just coming back to that album, Songs in the Rain, uh, you know, I listen. You did a Facebook Live before Christmas. I think it was before Christmas, after Christmas. Some, I somehow found it, and uh, I was like, "This is brilliant!" And um, you know, you played a song. You used the word "hypnotized" there. You know, which yeah. is, of course is in the song. Or oh, is it good for you? You know, um, yeah. Hypnotized by the beauty of it all. You know, I mean, that summed up my experience of listening to your album back then. I have to say, uh. and. Uh, and that song is interesting. There's two lines. I wasn't planning to ask this right at the beginning, but here we go. You know, so mm. um, there's two lines that I find 
that I always connected, I think, and it's particularly when you played it before Christmas, Facebook Live, I'm listening to it, you know, um, I begged my family to take me, ask them to see my point of view, mm. you know, and something about, because I suppose with music that meant something to you, the, the listeners could mean 10 million things, yeah. so, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think for all of us, family is something, during COVID even, there's detachment, isolation, mm. a yearning for connection, um, and there's that line, the other line, um, I'm not afraid of sorrow, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and again, this is maybe a year that's, I mean, we were talking, I think for many people, it's been a year of rest, mm. uh, of, of reconnection, resetting, but it certainly has been a year of sorrow for many people. And, uh, and somehow you, you managed to connect all those dots of beauty, searching, and also kind of have that ability to connect with people's pain even uh, in music that I think is, uh, is really beautiful. Um, is there a song we could kind of get into towards the beginning? Yeah. Well, what about that one? Will I will I give that one a go? Yeah. yeah why not? Yeah, um, yeah. I. I. That song. That song was very kind. That song very kindly came. Very. It. You know. It just came out really, and. Um, yeah. I was very happy with it. Um, it, it. It was my mother's favorite song. Is She'd it, always yeah. kind of go, "Did you play? Did you play? <laughs> did you play that one?" I, I love that song. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it was really such a privilege too. Like when you start making records, and your mom and your dad are in their car on their own, <laughs> and they're listening to their offspring and listening to this mind that they thought actually was them, but suddenly they realize, oh God, it's not me. This is somebody else. You know, that this is actually somebody else. This is another soul who's actually saying something to me that I go, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. You know, and uh, such a privilege. And to, just to put that out there, remember, yeah, mom said she nearly crashed the car listening to a sadder song of mine, Sweet Marie, kind of the song about uh, needing to part, yeah. you know, the, the actual, like parting is as sacred as getting together, really, you know, we don't kind of acknowledge the bravery it takes to admit defeat yeah. and to go, actually, may, we are actually stronger living apart. Um, and I admire people who you know, go for it, you know, who kind of go, look, we've, we've tried this and it didn't work. And, but like, we actually have to honor our love. Our love needs to work from a distance rather than up close. Spend my life watching sky and sea change color, hypnotized by the beauty of it all. And you ask me why I'm singing. Well, it is good for me, it can be good for you. 
I've hoarded all experiences I've had Written down all memories on a train And you ask me where I'm headed Well, it can be good for you As it is good for me I've seen a face in a thousand nights of dreaming It's been calling me to take up on the road And I go, I will, I keep upon believing Cause it is good for me It can be good for you I begged my family to take me Ask them to see my point of view And I will, I will stand my ground and face you Cause you are good Sweet dawn music Where a hundred thousand songs are sung While the earth and the ocean changes So
beautiful, Liam. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. No bother. Yeah. Uh, you know, put your glasses up there. Yeah. Oh, they'll fall from there as well. I put them oh. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I have to kind of, sometimes I just have to, I, and I, I drive my band mad because uh, I kind of have to redress things. Sometimes if I feel I didn't hit a certain, the dial has to go to the center. That's how I describe it, you know. And when I'm making music, I have to keep the dial at the center. So I steer the music according to some dial that's in there somewhere that needs to stay the spirit level. And um, sometimes if I feel I haven't exactly, I just have to f get a certain feeling from the song that so it might require the repeating of a verse or something like that. It's lovely. Um, hey, we were chatting before uh, about a guy, Brian Keenan, obviously, oh, many yeah. would know, who was hostage in Lebanon for four years. And we interviewed him uh, two, three months ago. Um, had an amazing conversation with him. And I, I mean, I really felt like I was sitting with a, with someone who had become like a mystic in a sense. Yeah. You know? And yeah. similar with Richard Moore, and it's his different character, but how adversity, obviously it, nobody chooses adversity, but adversity d can bring Shapes something very you, yeah. beautiful out of you. Yeah. you know? and, yeah. um, but you shared, I mean, it's quite humorous to hear your yeah. anecdote of Brian Keenan and your music and where that was in your own story. Incredible. I was down in West Kerry and um, I was actually, we, the band we were about to, uh, we were about to perform in Thurlis at the, at, a, at the famous Phelan 90. And um, I remember calling in to, to meet my friend Leodon, who was working in a pottery shop. And this, this, this guy was on the radio and it's like, who is this guy speaking on the radio? He was such deliberation and there was a light in his words. And, and this, I was describing the spaces he left between the words that he was making and saying. And, and it was Brian Keenan. I went, oh, and wow. Wow, amazing, really, wow. He has been anointed, I felt, you know, by this experience. And um, and, and gr so that was that. And then um, maybe a year later, I went to visit my uncle who was a priest in, and he's buried there now in Costa Rica. And I was I was hanging out with him, going from station to station with him, and having a great time. Like he he was he a very very funny, very funny man, a, a great inspiration on me, as a, as a as just as a human being. And um, uh, after this visit to to this beautiful country, this gorgeous country. Um, visiting this gorgeous man, I, I had to go and meet my band, and I was coming to—I I was definitely coming to a point in my life where, you know, is this band? Is this where it's at for me? Is this really what I should be doing? And um, and I'd struggled with that already for other reasons, but but this was kind of like the bigger picture reason, and. Um, and then Peter kind of, we met, we met in this hotel room, I'll always remember, and we just had this night, there was this lovely feeling. We were all just sitting, two beds in a hotel room, and we're all kind of sitting on the sides of beds and just kind of reconvening in a hotel room. And Peter said, did you hear about the Irish Times? And I said, no. And he said, uh, Brian, big interview with Brian Keenan. 
and don't go got into their cell like it got into that place where they were in, incarcerated and I said oh my god are you serious really couldn't believe it and and you know it kind of definitely it was one of those things that maybe go okay all right then well I can keep going with this for a bit longer you know and uh, that was kind of it it don't go is your and don't first go was, big, for first big hit really? it was the first big hit it was written for yeah it was written for a friend of mine who who was in a, a motorbike accident and he struggled for a year with 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 his life and uh, mm. and there it found itself in a cell in Beirut yeah with a bunch of hostages and it gave them hope and humor and humor they yeah. they they'd sing don't go like and laugh they they used to crack up laughing singing don't go to each other they couldn't go anywhere and they know. were locked they were yeah, yeah they were literally handcuffed to these railings but they were it became it, it they worked it into an almost ritual mm. for them mm. of a ritual of of laughter and um yeah extraordinary to hear them talk of their day-to-day lives and and finding, you know, and yeah, it's kind of like finding the desert in the city or, you know, the cathedral or the, the holy, the holiness or the, 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 the infinity in, 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 in the tiniest of places. And John Moriarty would have said, you know, all ground is holy ground, all ground is sacred ground, even the depths of hell, it's sacred ground. And, um, and I think that's what those guys I had moments, it seems to me, from, from my distant perspective, seems to me that they got glimpses of, of that in, in those very dire circumstances. And um, yeah, that was, and, and, and to feel, you know, that somehow a stream of something that came through my life, from my life, found its way found its in way there. Into, into Beirut, yeah. Um, uh, about a month ago, I suppose I was uh, listening to some of your music, as I do periodically over the years. You know, I haven't songs in the rain. I listened to pretty much nonstop for about three years. You know, but uh, the other day, well, it's probably a month ago, I was listening and I found a song that you wrote, "Worry Not," and I don't know the story of that song, but I, again, the just that kind of line obviously connects at a time for many people. Um, I don't know if there's possible you could. I could give a wee bit about that. Yeah. Maybe play us it. Well, worry is a very. Uh, I just I don't I don't beat around the bush when I when I talk about worry as being, along with jealousy and being absolutely useless. Now pondering upon your situation and trying to unravel a knot is a different thing. But they do say worrying out, teasing out a knot. They they use the word to worry it, to you know worry. The act of worrying something is like figuring it out. But me, the idea of worrying about like almost turning the worst possible outcome into a prayer—that's what you're doing. You know, when you worry, you're actually you're praying for the worst thing to happen. You're calling in the worst possible outcome. That's why. That's how I look at it. And I always remember like. You know, mothers are are the are famous for worrying, and it's a beautiful thing in a, in its own right. But it's kind of like, like I'd, I'd call my mom, "Mom, did you see my keys? Oh my God, they're gone!" And literally, they'd be gone then. That's it. You know, the power she had that power, and uh, 
So it's 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 it's, but it it was I was um, there was somebody, my daughter was very young at the time, and so here's a young, beautiful light had come into this world, and uh, and then there was a there was an artist that was it was involved in the recording, and I felt very much, I really felt touched by this the sensitivity of this person. And the path that she was on, I really felt something. And so she was present. Well, this song just popped out whole and uh, like the whole first half of the song just came as you hear it. And um, Glenn Hansard and Marketa Erglova. Marketa was the the woman I I really felt something for her like that. I felt a a kinship and um, so the song would 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 have been inspired by her presence there as well. And Glenn kind of said, "Okay, why don't we take the piano from which what you've just done and you just sing something over that piano? We keep the same piano." And it was a stroke of genius. So suddenly we had the whole song and the whole curve. And then Mar Marquetta put put these backing vocals on it. And um, but then it's, I'm also singing, ultimately I'm singing to myself, you know, that I'm reassuring myself that we're in, we're in, we are in a miracle. Life is a miracle. We're in it and we're in a miracle no matter what the media might try to tell us. We are actually in a miracle. The sun is shining and we're revolving around the sun and... And the sun, now they tell us the sun is hurtling through space as well. So we're actually revolving and moving at the same time. So much is happening as we just sit here. And and what it takes for me to just wave my hands as I do and to have my eyes open and to receive your image coming into my mind and into my memory and into my, my, my story in two weeks' time when I tell somebody about our conversation or all of that is just extraordinary. It's... Um, I remember somebody kind of uh, almost going, there's a, I say, you know, there's a miracle waiting in everything. And I, 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 I kind of, I, I see that, you know, and you jump into the water, you feel that. And um, that's it, so. time of angels is coming in no worry not my little one 
for the time of the light has begun for the time of the light has begun worry not my father love your son Love your daughter Worry not Child of grace Look your life straight In the face Hey, worry not Your time has come The time of angels Has begun As sure as I stand As sure as I sing There's a miracle waiting in everything
Thanks, Liam. Um, you know, I think there are about half the people that listen to this may well not come from Ireland, and Ireland's a complex island, as we all know, with uh, lots of shades and textures, no matter where you look. Uh, of course, the most, uh, you know, I'm from Belfast, and mm. the most overt kind of uh, kind of in-your-face contrast or you find in the north here um, and certainly where I lived in Belfast we had walls that kept us apart and mm. uh, I grew up more in a middle class area where it was even though I was a New Zealander by birth I'd come from outside but I kind of found my home in a in East Belfast among mm. northern Protestants you know and I, I loved Catholics I loved I Ireland I loved I had nothing you know I didn't carry uh, have any kind of well, I didn't think I had any inbuilt mm. sectarianism inside of me. Mm. But I remember actually even getting your album, Songs in the Rain, opening, going, this is brilliant, let's have a look, who's this, you know, and mm. seeing all these Irish names and and that I, <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce them. I didn't yeah. know. And, and it, but it, for the first time, uh, well, maybe, I don't know if it was for the first time, I, I saw... Um, an Ireland and a Catholic Ireland that was just beautiful. And it wasn't like a, the yin and yang. It wasn't the white to the black or the... Mm -hmm. It was just a beautiful place. Um, and so much of, I think, up in the north here, it's everything suspicion. The Irish language is viewed with sus suspicion by the north and football teams and colours. Yeah, uh, I remember wearing a shirt when I lived in Belfast and was working in the Shankill at the time. But uh, we also had a house in the falls and... It was a green shirt and this guy came and said you can't wear that shirt in this street you know and yeah colors you wore kind of um yeah and but i think you uh epitomized the, the you know the beauty of ireland the beauty of your language the beauty of um can you and i know that that's very important to you the irish language and i, and I kind of feel we part of our healing up here in the north will be northern protestants kind of embracing the beauty of of ireland you know and uh, the beauty of a language that may not be their own, but it's it's beautiful. Can you tell us a bit about what the Irish language means to you? Well, I never, you see, for me, it was never, it wasn't a language. It was just something my dad and uh, my dad and I did. And I was a baby. I was three or four when he started making these sounds and I made those sounds back to him. And the sounds were, uh, were in song form. So there was two things I was getting from him. I was getting song and I was getting language, but I didn't have name or concept for what either was. I was just, this was just something that was happening between me and my father. <clears throat> and when I ponder upon this language that I find, I, what inspires me most about Reflecting on the language is the fact that it goes back to a beginning of being from this, this island, this body of rock, of biology, of earth, of water, salt, air, wind, storm, history, survival, um, civilization, magic, uh, spirituality, multiverse existences, mythologies and sound because 
the way I see things, the way I, I think language, you know, we were, we made sounds that corresponded to the earth, to our, to what we were waiting for, the sun rising, the sun setting, to the hills, to the plains, to the long distances, to the migrations, to anything. Language to, tr to, to, to be heard, to be heard in, on many different levels. So the language was formed by, by the nature that surrounds us, I think. And so that's what I think is really precious about indigenous languages. Sanskrit languages, languages that actually that actually move the sand into a shape, you know, that, that actually have a, have a shape in their sound. Um, I think that's what's really interesting about, about these languages. And, and I feel that, you know, so, so I feel when I think about it, that's what I, 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 I feel is such a, a you know, privilege is, is, is that this language kind of, and I, I, I remember, conversing with a guy from Connemara and a native Irish speaker. And um, we, were, we were actually speaking in English and the, the discussion was getting quite heated. And I, I just thought in a split second, I thought we should be speaking Irish to each other. And as soon as we started speaking Irish, the heat disappeared from the, from the conversation. Conversation didn't change necessarily, but the harmony between us settled some that's you know that's kind of what happened then and um that's it. it's just it's the sound that human beings made as they were as they were responding to their environment i mean we don't really know what the beginnings were you know what what who was the first person in my line my god what a concept how long ago was that? Was it a million years ago or was it 8,000 years ago? I don't know. We don't know. I mean, theories change every 10 years, radically. Red meat was, was going to kill you 20 years ago. Red meat was like going to give us all heart attacks. We're all going to die from red meat 20 years ago. That was, that, was, that was the truth. Like, you know, we all stopped drinking milk and we all stopped putting butter on our bread. And now you go on a red meat diet. So theories are constantly changing, especially kind of new world theories, Euro, Euro theories, like modern theories are, are constantly changing according to the, sometimes the most aggressive voice out there will get their theory onto the TV and that'll be the theory for the next 10 years, you know. And um, so things that that silence that because that's just clutter in your mind high up here. Things that silence that and bring you down into into the depths and the and the mystery of your relationship with the air that you're breathing in and out and the, whatever this moment means. The the the, the, the extraordinary roads that brought us into this room together on this particular day in this particular moment. Um, all of those wonderful things and the fact that there's a there's a star just about to die that way out there right you know and what and we know that actually we know that our bodies know that our bodies are feeling that i really feel i i'm into that you know and i think music is about that when you get into that subtle feeling sensitive feeling alert 
feeling of of music that's that that turns me on and 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 the language indigenous indigenous languages carry that cradle that i think mm. yeah um the something i love about this village of ross trevor it's a it's just a unique place mm. um and for me moving down here 10 years ago uh, to the shores of carlingford lock mm. uh, and discovering really irish folk music in a new way obviously the sands family and uh, tommy sands and colin ben and, and um and just the great musicians and music around these parts and then also discovering even more subtle f- forms of uh traditional irish music the the, maybe the most traditional, the, the Shannos kind of songs and the style. And that's something that's influenced. I love the way when you listen to a Hothouse Flowers album, you could hear everything from kind of, you know, rock and roll to soul to then you get these kind of, it almost sounds like that indigenous Echo, Shannos yeah. kind of. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about Shannos and the influence yeah. on you? And you did an album Rian, Rian, yeah, Rian, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Shannos, you know, again, that that Shannos kind of goes back to what I was just saying about mm-hmm. the language. It's kind of, you know, it's it's everything is stripped away. Time is stripped away when once you once you're down to just a voice. Everything, everything else is gone. All, all kind of ego is gone. Actually, when the vo- when it's just the voice and the national ego or the the ego of the time, let's say, uh, is gone because all all the support systems have are been stripped away, and and the singer, him or herself, they they they're gone as well. The song actually steps out in front of the person, and so while I was rock and rolling all over the world, and uh, and and you know succeeding in something that that I suddenly realized I could do and that I was able to tell my dad I can do this. It, it, there, was, there was an aspect of it that was exhausting because we were being worked. We were kids and we were fair game to the business, you know, and we were being worked and we were, we were supplying, we, you know, we were buying a few suits for a lot of people and we were buying, you know, feeding people's habits, whatever you might want to call it. We were, we were the golden goose for a decent amount of people, and uh, aspects of that were kind of exhausting to me. And also, you know, you write songs, and some days you, you know, most of the time you love them and you give them, you give it everything every time you play it. But they will always be, well, how good is this really? How good is this? But when you when you then go to a Shanno song. I, in those days, I would throw one in during the gig and I, I, th- I really thought it, it created a beautiful juxtaposition and it brought us into a different time. And I, I realised that when you sing those songs that you can go to, you can sing a song to somebody in the desert in, in West Africa and they'll go, oh, okay. Okay, okay, who do that? We do that. We do something like that too. And I can feel where you're from. And Planksty was a band that I really loved. They were from the 70s. And oh, I think every album they had, they'd always be a Bulgarian tune on it, but played by Irish instruments, by Irish people. 
And to me, that was extraordinary because I was hearing this soul. You could hear the Bulgarian soul, but it was being translated through our instruments to us who were listening. So, I mean, that privilege has yet to be almost harvested because imagine we go, we go to, to, to Macedonia and we, 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 we show up and we go, we, I heard, I saw your fire, I heard your music. I have a feeling about what, you, what, you, what your history is. I can feel something in, in, and I feel that's what happens when a song, a Shanno song is sung. And so I'll sing one. Um, I'm going to sing a dark one. Um, a brother is singing to a brother and uh, he asks him, where have you been since this morning? And the brother says, I've been out hunting and fowling and I'm sick now. Let me, let me lie down. And the second verse is, what did you eat for your dinner? And the answer is, uh, I ate an eel with poison in it. I'm sick now, let me lie down. And then uh, what will you leave your brother? What will you leave your father? What will you leave your wife? And he's, when, he, when he's asked, what, what will you leave your wife? He says, uh, hell as a neighborhood and heaven forever closed to her. So there's a clue in there, I think, <laughs> about what might have happened. So, but I, I love this song because I also think it relates to the most extraordinary miracle of music, which is the blues, you know. Mm. Um, it's the alchemy of changing great pain into great beauty. Okay, let me see.
That's really beautiful. Thanks, Liam. Pleasure. Thank you. Um, just a couple more questions. I'd love to, yeah. um, you know, one of the, um, somebody I love to read um, is a, um, a Jewish philosopher, theologian, um, past, not with us anymore, Abraham Heschel. Uh, he marched with Martin Luther King um, in a lot of the civil rights marches. You'll see him with a kind of a, a large hat and a big beard, you know, in the front yeah. row. Um, he's an amazing guy. And uh, he, he said something, I think one of my favorite books of his is um, uh, God in Search of Man. And uh, he has this beautiful line. I don't think it's in that book, but um, he said, faith is not the clinging to a shrine, but an endless pilgrimage of the heart, audacious longing, burning songs, daring thoughts, an impulse overwhelming the heart, usurping the mind. These are all a drive towards uh, the one who rings our heart like a bell. Mm-hmm. And I find in a lot of your music, there's obviously spirituality. I've heard in your interviews, you talk about God and, uh, I'd love just be interested to know what does that mean to you? Uh, what does God mean to you? I mean, I think part of the theme of our of our documentary that we made and these podcasts are trying to shine a light on those who may have a particular religious belief, but who certainly whose life um, warms the world. You know, Guardians of the Flame is... The flame can burn or it can warm, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly religion in this part of the world and all over the world has has burned people it's scorched people um, but it can warm and somehow in your music there's this a sense of God stand beside me, God, you know this is some kind of sense of God um, something beyond us. I just love you to reflect on what that what that means to you right <clears throat> well. It's kind of like I, I always think as soon as something is said, it's what is said is redundant. It's it's it has to be re, it has to be said anew every single time. And one's spiritual relationship to the infinite, to create, to creation. It's all it's it's almost it is too great for words. Really, it is. It's uh, like if you go to indigenous aboriginal communities they don't want to they not they don't talk about spiritual stuff in words it's too the word is way too small too brittle and that's i think where where the fire burns because as soon as the word a string of words are frozen into words they're too brittle they're 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 I'm from an oral tradition. It, writing is very new to our to 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 my bones, to to our nature, and I think to the to the nature of a, of the human. Um, the story has to be retold again and again, and it's retold, uttered. Um, that's kind of how I feel about the word, the written word, the spoken word that. You hop up, you get you get a phrase that resonates, and that's poetry. Poetry is 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 putting a few words together that allow the wind to keep changing as they go through those words, so that the word isn't frozen. It isn't. Um, it won't. And you see, 
we, we've, we've witnessed words being used to put people against one another. We witness it as we speak, we're witnessing it all the time. You know, if somebody comes along and they have a strong opinion against the powers that be, these days it's so easy to just put words into their mouth and put it up there and suddenly they are this, they are this, they're a terrorist. You know, a terrorist was a term that was given to people who didn't have a national uniform. They were, they were fighting with everything they had to protect something. They didn't have a big arsenal and they didn't have the, the blessings of the powerful country behind them, you know. They didn't have the shiny buttons and the admirality and the hierarchy of, of, a, of of an army, you know, so therefore they're called, let's think of a, a derogatory term that will strike fear into the ordinary man so that they will go hang him, stone him, lynch him, you know, fear him. And uh, that's the word in action, you know, the word being, and legalese, legal English, constantly a step ahead of everybody else business English, always a step ahead of everybody else so that, you know, the one who holds the cards kind of holds the rules of the game as well. And so the rest are kind of left trying to catch up and, um, you know, playing. So playing with language, playing with words is a complex, complex uh, story and it's fascinating to to discuss it and it's fascinating to to observe it and to to be silent around it as well and uh, to realize it is a lot of it is chatter and that there's peace when you close your eyes there's peace in the mountain there's peace out in the sea there's peace once you get out of your front door turn off the device and go up, up to the mountain, go to wherever it is, where, and just, just go down the road. I walked through housing estates for the first two months of the lockdown. It was housing estates, but the trees were budding and the wind was blowing through them and families were turning on their lights just as they were about to eat, you know, and, and you're passing all of this and that's nature. Um, and yeah, so God is constantly changing shape. Mm. And I, I'm struck by a lot of the people that I would have grown up with would would struggle sometimes with what you just said, but I think there's something very beautiful in it. I spent a lot of time with Zulu people, people from uh, South Africa, and mm. the, their name for God is uh, Nkulu Nkulu. Um, <laughs> Nkulu, yeah. Nkulu, there's, a, yeah. There's, a, there's a click there. Mm. Um, and it, if you ask them what it means, they kind of stare into space and kind of, yeah. kind of go big, <laughs> yeah, you know, gorgeous. It's they can't really describe. It's big is too simple a word, but yeah. it's, it's, it kind of means big, yeah. the bigness, you know, vast. Yeah. And I think that's really what you're getting at. I think fundamentalism is when people have trapped God in a little cage of dogma, and nail him, yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. But yeah, so, trying to nail it, you yeah. know.
Yeah. It's a funny term, isn't it? I yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Didn't yeah. I? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Another um, theme I see in some of your music is, we've even touched on it today, kind of resonance, kind of one tongue, kind of oneness. Um, mm. And obviously, again, uh, one of my, uh, I guess a, I would feel a driving passion of my life is to be involved in reconciliation, you know, peacemaking mm. and mm. not just a fancy little logo, but but actually kind of allowing people to hear each other's hearts and come yeah. to understanding and empathy. Where does that come from in you? Well, yeah, see, like peace, and you know, like peacemaking isn't about fixing something. It's about reaping huge rewards. It's about opening, opening a door to beauty. That's peacemaking. It's opening a door to the wonders that are in store for, for us. That's peacemaking. That, that's beyond. Um, and that's here right now. That's completely always present. And um, I've a, I've a, a friend that I only got to know quite recently, but always very generous, would give give me and whoever was with me his home when I came over to America. He's up in uh, Bedford in north, north, north of New York and would be of Irish descent, but, you know, very American man and loves, has, has a motorbike and he's traveling the world. He goes home and he goes about his business and he parks his bike in, 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 in Rome. And then he goes, he'll, he'll, he'll do, and then he'll go back to Rome, pick up the bike and he'll go as far as somewhere else. And then he'll leave the bike there. And, he, and he, so he's, he's doing that at the, it's been, you know, it's maybe 10 years he's been at that now. And, um, but he's written, he started writing a book about it. And the first chapter of the book is, don't look at the roadkill. And it's about, when you're riding along the road and you see roadkill, if you look at the roadkill, you'll probably hit it. You've got to look beyond the road. You've got to look at the gap. What's, what's beyond these obstacles that, you're, that, you're, that you might be obsessing about? You know, this... You keep your eye through, on beyond, 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 beyond. And the same with what you're... If you're you can get stuck in the battle, stuck in the war, stuck in the... But what, what are you... What's beyond? What is the? What's the goal? What's the? What's the goal? What's the gold? What does it feel like? What is it? How beautiful is it? How rich is it? How? That kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I love that definition. We should uh, compile a list of these definitions of peacemaking from different people. Uh, Brian Keenan had something similar. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, place of beauty, I think, is uh, is something there. Um, I don't want to, we could draw out a conversation for a long time, and uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Is there, um, uh, is there a song we could, um, we could kind of somehow <laughs> kind of uh, edge into from, from mm, that? From Ha, 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 ha.
It's uh, one of those songs you feel like saying a, a, amen. A, amen at the yeah. end. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell us what that song means? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a song from the Mass that Sean O'Reilly made. And I, I know that Sean O'Reilly was a spiritual man and his spirituality was 
his altar was the music was mm. was the music it was the music he started as a as a composer in the in the european modern music style very very minimal atonal you know very uh, experimental sounding to 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 most ears maybe and um he gradually realized that the the source the infinite source of 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 what he needed was underneath his feet and in this land and in the in the generations of music that that's still bouncing around in this in this land and as all artists over time have always done they do music for everything and anything so one of the remits of a of a great composer is to make a mass and so his mass was afrin iriada and he did you know the whole a whole suite of hymns and this one is a christ christ has the seed christ has the autumn in ochlin day in the harvest of god may we be or we will be and a christ on weary christ and tisk christ has the ocean christ has the fish and in this in the net of god we will be caught sweep swept up and that's it that's you know and it's it's so it's looking to that there we go we're coming to there that's where we're seeking that's that's where our longing we're sending our longing into that that we're all we're, we're all we'll all step into the porhas nangrost the paradise of grace yeah there's a, a great nonviolent um, activist, A.J. Must, said, um, there is no way to peace, peace is the way. Yeah. Um, I was just yeah. quoting Heschel before, faith is not a clinging to a shrine, but an endless pilgrimage of the heart. And um, I think we should probably bring uh, this time officially to an end. Maybe we could play one more song, if, if I can twist your arm. But uh, I just want to thank you, Liam. I, you came here actually, I think, eight years ago. 2012, um, and I was out, out of the country. I couldn't believe it when I heard that you were coming to Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's uh, Green's a, a great folk festival here in Rest Trevor, and I think you were awarded, as you rightfully should be, for your the, the part you've played in, in the fabric of Irish culture, but also especially, of course, in music uh, and um, over the years. And uh, I want to thank you for your time today coming here. Thanks for your, your career of presence uh, and um, goodness and creativity and uh and yeah i i think um i was reminded of one thing that happened in 2012 when we were away you were over in carlingford i think maybe the week before which is just across the water and mm. you met i think fra sands who's our yeah. sound engineer was there with uh, two alaskan friends of ours joey and christy rolf I think it may be Joey's birthday. Is that coming? Is that coming up? His fortieth birthday? Is it? Uh -huh. Some kind of birthday. Anyway, they heard you, and then you played a gig in our place here in Onkoon. Yeah. And uh, Christy's a great singer, and from what I heard, she was standing at the back, and heard you, and thought, "Man, I think he's going into pressing on." You know, this Bob Dylan okay. song. You know, she reckons she saw and, it coming. Yeah. And and she goes, "I have to get up there." And so she, I don't know if you knew, but you were playing at the piano on your own. She got up. I don't know who turned her mic on. 
but she just joined in with you in the uh, yeah. kind of so maybe I'll dedicate part of this podcast to the, those two to that Je- meeting yeah, yeah and Joey and Christy they had a, a baby shortly after is one yeah. of the earliest babies ever born in in Dublin uh, 20 but just be 23 weeks um, amazing miracle Josiah um, he's now I don't know how old he is seven eight years old now um, uh, mm-hmm. lovely little boy you know, I'll yeah. show you photos um, great but anyway they that kind of meeting kind of just comes to mind as I wrap this podcast up but yeah um, thanks for your pilgrimage and and leading us on and uh, in the way that you have oh god yeah so yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything you want to finish with. or. Well, I, I just remember meeting. I think what happened was, you see, we came in here because Tommy was hosting a discussion about a way, a new way of voting that was that uh, it was consensus. And um, or maybe an old way of voting. But um, afterwards, there was there was a bit of music. And I think Christy had introduced herself. But we kind of conspired to do pressing on that night. Uh, And then I think in Carlingford, I think we'd maybe just briefly said hi. And I think I remembered maybe or just that I did play pressing on and she knew that she had already done it. So it was it would be bold to come and do it. But at the same time, it wouldn't be a. Or something like that. I, I, she probably has a clearer memory of it. But very lovely uh, encounter with the two of of them. Really, um, it was really lovely to meet them. And Marion, my partner, had stopped randomly, worked in a cruise ship, and her cruise ship had stopped at their town in Alaska. And Marion had a cup of coffee where she Christy used to work. Like they probably where they probably met insane you know so yeah I can't tune anymore The day you were born, it must have been painted on the sand That you would fall asleep upon my hand And the day I first saw you in my heart, I made a plan To follow you to the sun I can hear it in the wind calling out I've seen the faces in the clouds Come on, come out, come with me Come through and share my plan 
run with me through the sand. Come on, come out, be open, be true, and be the one. I'd follow you to the sun. And I can hear it in the wind calling. Oh, I've seen the faces in the clouds. Ah, ah, That you would fall asleep upon my hand And the day I first saw you in my heart I made the plan To follow you to the sun To lead you to the water And to dance with you In the rain, the rain.